Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Adrian Corcoran. I'm a guard attached to the Roads Policing Unit. Last year saw an increase in fatalities on our roads. These are needless and preventable deaths. We all share the road. However you use it, please be careful and keep each other safe. Together, let's save lives on our roads. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Hello everyone, welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast episode 71 and a bit, because we had 71 on Monday, but um, we're going to do a preview of the Lions versus New Zealand's first test, which you may have been hearing is happening. My name is Lee Calvert, I am the editor of bloodandmud.com and over there is nobody, because Josh is not here this evening, he's uh, he's on magazine related deadline duty, so therefore you've just got me. So I'm going to try and do this as best I can, it's going to be like one of those... Um, late night radio talk shows is that what this is normally like except nobody will be talking apart from me which i suppose is pretty miserable for you but i'm gonna have a go anyway maybe i can be like a late night show you know a big hello to all you truckers out there but or maybe actually it used to be quiet about truckers didn't it but now late night radio is just basically lbc which is people still ringing in and screaming about immigration probably anyway Enough of that, it is going to be just me this evening. Uh, I am Lee Calvers, as I've said, you can get in touch with us at me. It's just me, I keep saying us, I'm not used to this. Uh, me at the pod at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com or via the Facebook page or wherever you can find us really. This pod is available on Acast, it's available on Apple Podcasts and it's available anywhere you want to put it. Thank you very much to people who leave us reviews. We've got another five-star review this week and this one comes from... It's called Great Pod. It's five stars. It's from Big M Wales, it says. I wonder what does M stand for? Michael? Matthew? Morag? Well, that would be in Scotland, wouldn't it? Mavanwi? Big Mavanwi Wales. That's what I like to think it is, anyway. It says, very good, gents. Thank you. Fab knowledge of the game and how to say agree with much, so much of what you say. Great rants and humour, too. Keep it going. Well, I will. we will try and keep it going, but I'm going to try and keep it going tonight, and I can't guarantee it's going to be anything like what you would normally expect, but here we go. So tonight, I am going to preview the Lions and whatever else comes along in this uh, ridiculous stream of consciousness that is my brain, which will continue to keep going. We'll have some of the usual stuff as well, a bit of player spotted, a bit of news, and I'm also going to do some rugby reality TV on my own tonight. So let's have a talk about the player spotted. Stuart Owen's been in touch on the Facebook page. As you know, the reason why we have play spotted, ladies and gentlemen, and listeners out there, if you're new to this, it's usually not just me, as I've made the points already, but the reason why we have play spotted, we love to hear a mundane story about you spotting players. So please send them in to the Facebook page or to leeatbloodandmud.com or via Twitter, via direct message, whatever you want, and let us know if you've spotted a player doing something mundane. The more mundane, the better. Maybe you've seen Ben Toulis uh, losing his flip-flop in this hot weather or something. Anyway, 
Um, here's Stuart Owen from the Facebook page. He says, It wasn't mundane for me, but probably was for them. It was Monday after the 2016 Six Nations when Wales had beaten Scotland, despite playing like they had all swapped hands, boots and brains before kickoff. Yeah, it's true, they did. My soon-to-be wife had booked us a surprise visit to the Vale Resort, where we both drank and ate far too much, and unsurprisingly, the next morning at breakfast, we were both feeling a little worse for wear. My feeling of queasiness wasn't improved when we entered the restaurant to be confronted by the smiling, youthful Adonis that is George North, making polite chit-chat and generally being a lovely young man with other guests whilst waiting for a specially prepared omelette. A specially prepared omelette? What? How do you specially prepare an omelette, Stuart? I'm interested to know. For George North. What What would George... Does it have like half a pig in it or something? Anyway, before going to sit in a corner with Scott Williams, muesli, scrambled eggs, tomatoes and sausages if you're interested. Well, yeah, we like all the detail here. And an injured Lee Halfpenny. What's your what he ate? I'm not a stalker. Yeah, well... I'll, I'll hold judgment on that, Stuart, until we get to the end. George North has the patience of a, sta- a saint, says Stuart, as during his breakfast there was one vociferous old boy from the valleys who insisted on calling him Gary... <laughs> <laughs> and informed it on more than one occasion that he was shit and that JPR, JJ, would have rung rings around him if they were still playing. Scott and Lee didn't help matters by giggling all the time and calling him Gary afterwards as well. On the way back from breakfast, we almost literally ran into Sean Edwards and his partner in the corridor. She smiled and accepted our apology. He looked as if he was imagining 17 ways of disemboweling me. As we walked away... From them towards a lift, I commented that he had obviously moved on from Heather Small from M People. As we hit the call button, do you remember Heather Small from M People? That was the most mystifying, successful singing career in the world because her voice is absolutely awful. Do you remember it? It kind of she went a bit like this, and she made a living out of that. Believe it or not. Anyway, as we hit the call button for the lift. I looked over my shoulder, made eye contact with Sean, and I was terrified. Those eyes are the portal to a world of pain, suffering and misery. How anyone can willingly walk back into a changing room after missing a tackle, knowing that is waiting for them, is a fucking hero and deserves a medal. So there you go. That's quite a lot going on there, Stuart, I'll be honest. There's, there's, there's breakfast comments and detail, which we do like. George North being called Gary by an angry Welshman, which is fantastic. And then you nearly getting your head kicked in by Sean Edwards. Very, very good. So please do send your play spotted in if you've got them. It'll be great. What news have we got today? Well, I've got news, but it's not rugby related because I couldn't resist talking about it because it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. News is that today, Chris Akabusi, he of loud laughing and 400 meter hurdles. Was he hurdles or just normal or just normal running Akabusi? I can't remember. Help me out. Chris Akabusi was on telly today with a short sleeve suit jacket. No, me neither. Where do you even get a short sleeve suit jacket from? Absolutely no idea. And why do you think you should go on live television wearing one? I don't know. I've seen some bad stuff in my time. I've seen Jonathan Davis wear some bad jackets, but nothing's quite as bad as that. So yeah, Chris Akabusi in a short sleeve suit jacket is probably the biggest news of the day. Or is it? Because we have got Lions versus New Zealand coming up this Saturday morning. So let's have a little bit of a talk about that, shall we? As soon as I can find the page I need to get to. Normally, See, see normally Josh fills in in these bits and you can see I'm struggling, so... Anyway, so after what seems like weeks of warm-ups, about 14 years of people picking teams, I'll tell you what, if you, want to, if you want a really good laugh, now this team has been mentioned, go back and just search in Google for these teams that were picked previously to this one being picked. Martin, Martin Johnson picked an absolute blinder a few months ago, but uh, they are worth a laugh if you, have a, if you want to have a look at it. 
The two teams have been named. The game is on Saturday morning. There was a great deal of excitement when Warren Gatlin named this team for reasons that he's actually picked people in that you wouldn't normally expect him to pick. Every, everybody assumed that George North and Lee Halfpenny were playing, myself and Josh included, when we did the pod on Monday, but they're not playing anymore because he's changed his mind and he's playing Liam Williams at fullback for the Lions, which is something which is quite remarkable, really, because he's never actually considered playing Liam Williams at fullback for Wales, ever. Because he never sees him as a fullback, now he's playing him as a fullback. I can only assume that there's been some significant input from other coaches into this. Because there's absolutely no way that this would have been done otherwise, I don't think. But then again, Gatlin doesn't tend to listen to other people, does he? He has people around him he can tell what to do, but I don't think Farrell and Roundtree are like that. But that's what's happened. The teams, um, as they stand up, just to go through uh, the two, let's go through the two teams and we'll talk about the different bits of it. The first thing is the all-black team. So if I'm going from full-back up, you've got Ben Smith on the full-back, Israel Dagg, Rico Ioani, Sonny Bill Williams, Ryan Crotty in the centres, Aaron Smith and Bowden Barrett at halves. And then we go into the front row, Joe Moody, Cody Taylor, Cody with an R.E., that suggests, I mean, nobody can be Cody with an RE and be any good. But having said that, moving into the second row, Brody with an RE is very good. So I'm not really sure what we do with that. But So the front row is Joe Moody, Cody Taylor and Owen Franks. Second row, Brody, Retallick and Sam Whitelock. Who else would it be? And then the back row, after the biggest piece of mind games ever uh, by another team, Jerome Kano, Sam Kane, Kieran Reid. They both... There was very realistic possibility, or they told us there was a realistic possibility, that neither Kieran Reid nor Jerome Kane will be fit. And I, for one, was getting myself slightly excited about that, but that has not been the case. And the full strength, oh shit, look at that back row, is actually fully functioning. Uh, they've gone for Sam Kane ahead of Ardy Surveyor. Ardy Surveyor thinks he's probably unlucky, but I do like Sam Kane. He's that kind of proper, old-school, ag- abrasive, classy breakaway. I quite like Sam Kane. Kieran Reid... Uh, then let's have a look at the Lions starting 15. It's Liam Williams, fullback, Anthony Watson, wing, Elliot Daly, wing, centres, Ben Teo, Jonathan Davis, halfbacks, Connor Murray, Owen Farrell, front row, Mako Vinopola, Jamie George, Tyke Furlong, second row, George Cruis, Alan Wynne Jones, and then finally, Peter O'Mahony, who's the captain, Sean O'Brien, and Taulupe Falatau. Let's look at this unit by unit, shall we, and see who's better off, who's better. So we look at the back three first. Ben Smith, Israel Dag, Rico Ioani for the All Blacks. Ben Smith is ridiculous. Uh, looks like an accountant, as it's been established quite a few times, but plays with the balletic position of a missile. Rico Ioani tore the Lions a new one when they played the team he was playing for. He's got so much pace, he looks like he's running in bullet time. And then there's Israel Dag on the wing, which I can't really understand. Um, he's a good fullback, Israel Dag. I don't think he's an outstanding winger. And when you've got some other options that were available, I'm not sure why they've gone for him. All I can think of, they're expecting uh, Conor Murray and Farrell to pepper the ball up in the air quite a fair bit. So I reckon that's going to be where that comes from. Going across to the lines, we've already talked about William Williams being selected. Williams, Daly, Watson give a kick return game that probably other selections that could have been made don't have they're also 
Daly's a good defender. Watson's quite relatively solid. And Williams, Williams brings, and I've mentioned this on the pod before, and I've mentioned it again, Williams brings a significant amount of counsel straight strength, which I think you need in the backs. You need farmer strength up front, which they've got, of course, with O'Brien and Furlong, but you need a counsel estate strength in the back to try and beat these people. Um, the trouble is, and I think this is where you always keep coming back to with this Lions team, and generally any Gatlin team, really, it's not really, you're not really sure where the possession's going to come from for that back three, apart from catching kicks and running them back. And I think, in all honesty, New Zealand aren't going to be too bad at catch, uh, dealing with a kick that's been run back at them. For all the promise of this back three unit, and it is quite exciting, I don't know how the ball's going to get there. They're, no, they're certainly not better than Ben Smith, Rico Ioani, and um, Israel Dag. But I just wonder how much ball they're going to get. The biggest problem that they've had so far, the lines, is getting support runners going. What I will say is that something like Liam Williams will go for support run lines a little bit better than Halfpenny would have done. Halfpenny's on the bench, which I cannot for the life of me understand. I can only assume that they expect to want to kick a penalty in the last minute to win, because why else would he be there? It's a bit odd, really. Into the centres, Sonny Bill Williams and Ryan Crotty. Sonny Bill is basically a sporting polymath with an absolutely pornographic offloading game. Um, and then you've got Crotty, who's, who's basically a replicant of Conrad Smith. And I, I say that like it's a bad thing. It's not It's not a bad thing at all. He's an absolutely uh, fantastic player. And quite, he, he came on quite late in his international career, Crotty, didn't he, when you look at it, which is something quite amazing. He's Well, not amazing, I suppose, but it's... Nobody would have expected him to be the first choice, I don't think, for the past two years. But he's, he's well and truly established that now and has kept out some more talented players than him, arguably. Fekato's not even in the squad because of him. So... One thing that the midfielders have to deal with for the All Blacks is this massively smothering all-out Farrell press defence that the Lions have. And can this midfield deal with that? Well, if you extend that into the halfbacks as well, Bowden Barrett can certainly deal with that because Bowden Barrett can basically deal with anything because he's a freak. And then you've got Sonny Bill, who his arms through the tackle type, type approach is going to, if it doesn't, it's not going to break the line that much, but it will break the line in other ways in that he will be, he will suck people in and get his arms through the tackle. And with that support ring that comes in from the All Blacks, that's where I think they're going to be different to other teams that this defence has faced so far. The other thing is, you know, there's there's very I've mentioned it already, I'll mention it again, there's very little craft in this Welsh midfield. Um, Welsh midfield, the Welsh people in midfield and Ben Tears. Because I was looking at a red thing while I was talking there, and red just automatically makes my brain go to Wales. So sorry about that. So the Lions midfield has Jonathan Davis in it. Now Jonathan Davis is in the team basically because he's managed to time his return to form so that he is basically a little bit less shit than everybody else who's had a go at the 13 shirt. He won't cut as good a lines as Jonathan Joseph would have done, but Jonathan Joseph really hasn't shown that much. Tia was shown quite a bit, but he's also shown he can't pass the ball more than one metre, which is slightly worrying when you think that if he can't pass the ball, then none of that back three works, and Jonathan Davies doesn't do much with the ball either. Um, again, is Gatlin just simply relying on this massive press-forward attack, crush-it game? The trouble is to beat the All Blacks. I've said it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If Josh was here, he'd probably say the same thing. I can, I can, hey, I can do that all the way through now, can't I? If Josh was here, he'd say this. I can, I can invent loads of things that Josh has said. But if Josh was here, he was here, he would agree and say with me that basically, if you can't score three tries, you ain't going to win. And I don't think that that midfield creates three tries, no matter how good the people outside of it are. Remember, I think apart from when Noel scored another try at the weekend, the highest try scorer for the Lions on this tour is penalty tries. 
So that gives you some idea. And I don't think that the Lions are going to, the All Blacks are going to be in the same situation as the Maori All Black were when they're going to allow themselves to be pushed over their own line a couple of times. Front row. So basically, I just took, sorry, I've jumped straight over the halfbacks. I do apologise. Um, the halfbacks, Aaron Smith and Bowden Barrett, are probably two of the most outstanding natural rugby talents on the planet. Uh, so beyond that, you've got a bit of a problem. Bowden Barrett is basically superhuman in a small pointed body. But I suppose, I've gone back to this before, Ireland did show if you get at them, it can be a problem. But this is at home. This is going to be them at the most relaxed, I think, as opposed to the lines who won't be. Uh, Corin Murray and Owen Farrell, two classy physical operators with outstanding kicking games in the lockers. And Farrell, one of the best place kickers on the globe, but he hasn't been on this tour, which is slightly worrying. Pure talent-wise, they're nowhere near a patch of the New Zealand pair, but who is? And um, But they do present a fair amount of disruptive shithousery, I suppose. Conor Murray with his physicalness and his kicking and Farrell with his general play. But, you know, I come back to the three tries point again, and I'm not sure that any of this back line creates three tries. Maybe they needed Tom Waldron just to fall over a bit. Maybe that's what they needed. So that's the backs. I think it's fairly straightforward, really, that when you break it down unit by unit, the All Blacks really have got a better unit by unit. They're better. And the fact that they play together more often suggests that as an entire back unit, then they're going to be better. What I do think is that this selection that Gatlin's done means it will be a better game. It'll probably be a better spectacle to watch, but I don't think it's going to be much more than that in terms of anything else. I get the feeling the game is going to be one of these ones where you end up with, I get the feeling there'll be a lot of scrambling defence that has to happen by the Lions a lot quite early on because I think that the All Blacks are going to be so relaxed at doing their thing that it's going to be a problem. Before we move on to the forwards then, let's do some um, rugby reality TV, shall we? My name is Andrew McGowan. I'm a firefighter paramedic. Last year saw an increase in fatalities on our roads. These are needless and preventable deaths. We all share the road. However you use it, please be careful and keep each other safe. Together, let's save lives on our roads. A message from the Road Safety Authority. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, to get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Um, this is where I imagine uh, rugby-related reality, t- reality TV shows or any kind of TV show, really. Let's have a look at some of the ones that we've had. Uh, the Chase with Andy Good. This is a game show in which Andy Good chases you after giving you a five-metre head start. You only win if he actually catches you. You win a caravan or something, or a year's supply of pies. Changing Rooms with Rob Howley. The 1990s interior design show returns, helmed by the inexplicable Wales attack coach, bringing a special brand of flair to your home. This week, a young couple in Tongwinlice have grey walls and carpets put in with a grey rug, and an enormous argument ensues when somebody suggests to Rob that he should use something with maybe some stripes or some colour. If you've got any suggestions for rugby reality TV, then please get in touch with us at Blood and Mud or at Josh Gardner. He's not here, but you can do that as well. Um, 
And that is our Rugby Reality, Reality TV offering for this week because I have to move on and I can't keep going talking like this on my own for such a long period of time. So let's talk about the forwards in the Lions New Zealand offering. First of all, front row. This is the probably the unit, the front row unit, is the unit where I believe the Lions are well and truly better than New Zealand. I've already mentioned the fact New Zealand have somebody called Cody with an IE in their front row, which they lose a point for in this scoring system anyway. Um, they're pretty solid. Moody, Franks, this Cody Taylor, pretty solid. Plenty of experience as well, but still, but of all the units, they are the weakest. Whereas Mako Vunapola is a smashing, stepping, passing powerhouse. Uh, Jamie George is magnificently mobile and, and able, despite the fact that his, his arms are about 18 feet long. Um, and Furlong is indefatigable. Yeah, that was right. And he carries the ball all day, smashes into stuff. They should have the upper hand at scrum time and they should have it in the loose. And if they can get enough platform to allow the Lions to stretch something of an ever lead on the hour mark, it could be it could be enough, but it probably won't. Um, that's how that works. Brody Vitalik and Sam Whitelock in the locks and George Cruis and Alan Wynne-Jones Biggest one of the other biggest controversial calls is no Marawitoji. I went on record on Monday, and I've said it quite consistently on Twitter as well. I think Itoji was magnificent against the Maori. He's not been that magnificent before that. Alan Wynne Jones has been all right. He's been all right. Some people are suggesting Henderson's been better than him. I don't. I'm. I'm not really holding with that. He's been. Or he's been all right. I think people forget that he started the past. This will be the seventh consecutive Lions test that he starts, and in terms of form his form is fine and when you consider that he's got seven consecutive consecutive tests that's under his there's not many other people in the squad or the team that have that and I think that in itself is worth something um George Cruis just does everything well and was always going to start anyway it, it's the difference it's the choice between AWJ and Itoji there's two ways you can look at this really you can put Itoji comes on and does all that barnstorming clapping shouting shit out thing and ties them out a bit and then when Jones comes on and settles the ship or when Jones settles the ship sorry Alan Win Jones his surname's Jones Alan Win Jones comes on goes on does his thing steadies the ship gives you some solid platform to start with and then Itoji comes on towards the end and G's everybody up I can see the logic of both arguments to be honest but I don't think it's that disagreeable to go one way or the other and Alan Win with his experience, has got the nod this time. I think that makes some sense. They are up against probably, you know, the most imposing pair of tall men since Kirtley Ambrose and Courtney Walsh in the cricket, really. Um, but their line-out could be got at, as, as Ireland showed last year. So you never know. And they have got this strangely named Cody throwing in. So that could break that down a bit. You know, the, I don't think it's crazy to say that the Lions may get on top in the front five Will they get on top enough to starve the All Blacks enough ball to not score enough tries again? I just can't see it. It's people, you know, often have a go at me and Josh if he was here for being a bit too negative. But the optimism on whether the Lions will win seems to me based on more of the fact that the people want to get behind the team. And I understand that, but that's not what one I've ever what done. If anyone's read my stuff for the past ten years, I don't do that. I'm not a cheerleader. That's not my job. Um, in fact, none of this is my job, really. I just sit here and do it anyway. But I'm not a cheerleader. I just, you know, I, I say it like I think it's going to happen and I don't think that actually they're going to have enough. Um, up. They, they might have enough to get ahead, but they're not going to have enough to dominate enough 
to starve them the All Blacks are so much ball. And even if they did, even in games up to this point where they have had a lot of territory, the Lions, I mean, a lot of territorial and possession advantage, they still haven't really managed to completely dominate games. Chiefs game aside, but that Chiefs team were the fucking joke, quite frankly. So I don't really know what else to say about that. The back row, this could be the key to whether it's a close and tight game, really, and whether it could be a serious problem. Because if Kano and Kane and Reed get the upper hand, I think we could be in a bit of trouble here. I mean, before we get into that, a word for Peter Omani, by the way. It wasn't even a certainty to tour. Basically managed to get into the last island game because of an injury. Played a blinder. Who knows whether he was being selected anyway, but it's uh, certainly... Amazing that this is where he, the one he got on tour, then he's played his way into the test team and now he's the captain. And it's been a very, very long time since the tour captain didn't start the first test. So congratulations to him. He must be absolutely buzzing. Sean O'Brien has had a great tour. No arguments there. And Toby Talupi Faletau is basically like a mixture of Carl Lewis, Mervyn Davis and the Mountain from Game of Thrones spliced into one body of incredible athletic ability. Him versus Reed. I'm not even sure that normal human beings should be allowed to see that battle because it's just going to be absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, Omani has that great knack of getting under, under the skin of opponents and Kaino can get himself a little bit wound up. So I do think, and, and not in a good way, so I do think that that should be something that, I know you shouldn't encourage people to wind up the opposition until they lose their shit, but actually, why the hell not? Because it's tough enough anyway. Will this game be about the benches? I'm not. Sure, the benches are going to start being emptied at 55 minutes, 60 minutes. Warburton will come on. Is Warburton more of a defensive replacement, is the question. He does, he's not going to carry, he does it, and I don't mean that in a negative way, he does a lot of stuff absolutely brilliantly. He'll secure ball better, he hits rucks well, but he's not going to be a destructive runner, he's not a destruct. He's not an offloader, he's not somebody who can play in a game that's breaking up and make a difference. So it's a strange one, really, but I suppose he had to be involved somewhere I don't know, is it because of the politics of it? But I don't think Gatlin gives a shit about politics. Otherwise, he'd have a Scotland player in there, wouldn't he? Um, Webb and Sexton are going to bring something off the bench. You always do. I made the point on Monday, I think that Webb could have started the game because of his support running. But again, not really a problem that, that Murray's in there. Um, Halfway, I've already mentioned, I, I don't really understand. Now, funnily enough, that the Lions bench is incredibly strong front five-wise with McGrath, with Owens and with Sinclair, who will bring some, one, great scrummage and great carrying. Warburton is a bit, meh, okay. Itoji will bring something, front five-wise. Beyond that, the backs, will they bring enough? I'm not really sure. Half I think they've missed an opportunity with having Halfpenny in there. I think missed, they could have had somebody like Jonathan Joseph in there, let Daly cover full-back, and, and just somebody who brings a little bit more pace and a little bit more running towards later in the game, but... Who knows? Or Jack Knoll, maybe something like Jack Knoll, who had a good game last Saturday and will be, after his horrendous first few weeks, will be fairly high up. Um, the New Zealand bench, weirdly, is the opposite. feels to me like it's the opposite of the uh, Lions bench in that it's got fairly okay front five replacements. N- not a problem, not a terrible place by any, any stretch of the imagination, but it's not a problem. But then you've got the likes of um, Surveyor, TJ Paranara, Lynette Brown, even... Um, Sopoanga or Aaron Cruden as well coming off the bench. They're all going to be seriously impactful backs. And I think that, again, in itself is going to, it's just going to cause such a problem. I do think when you look at it, apart from the front row, maybe second row 
And if they're playing absolutely bang on the game, maybe the back row, but not really. Um, the All Blacks are pretty much stronger in every unit throughout the park. It's likely to be a competitive match, scoreboard-wise, for a little while. But as I've said, I think even then the Lions are going to be doing a lot of cover defence. It's going to be a lot of hard work. Um, in terms of score, and remember we've got the Super Brew Prediction League going on. Again, don't follow me. Jesus, if people haven't learned to listen to this pod for this long, that don't listen to a fucking word I say, because... Um, just don't because I'm just going to ruin all your bets but basically that's where that's where my prediction is but my prediction for the game is that I think that we're, the Lions are probably going to lose by 7 to 12 points and then I think as the as it moves forward we may lose by a few more points as well so that is uh the bloodandmud.com podcast single stream of consciousness lee calvert has a go at talking for about 25 minutes alone and somehow manages to achieve it whether it's been entertaining i don't know may hopefully it brightens up your friday commute a little bit it definitely is rubbish without josh being here because he makes me laugh um and that is it let's uh let me know what you think about this stream of consciousness thing because if it's no good then i won't do it again i only did it because i thought it'd be useful in terms of getting something out there before the game, uh, which we have done now. And that is basically it. Thank you very much. Good luck. I mean, leaving aside everything else, okay, I am so... All of my stuff said I think we're going to lose is one thing, but actually don't let me... Let give let that give you the impression that I'm not absolutely fucking buzzing about this, by the way. This is this is one of the most exciting rugby games ever come forward, especially with the team selection Gatlin's done. For all my caveats about how will it get past the midfield and stuff, I'm genuinely looking forward to it. And I think it's going to be an absolutely incredible game and I can't wait to get up on Saturday morning and watch it all. Hopefully you'll join with me and I'll see you on Twitter. Please tweet us. We can have a bit of a chat during the game. I'll try my best to not be too negative and snarky, but as you all know, I will fail miserably thank you very much for all of your time all of your attention and we'll speak to you after the game on monday when we'll ha josh will be back and we'll also have uh with so far a commitment that paul williams from wales online will be there so you'll go from one voice to three voices so basically you know we we really do spoil you take care everybody bye bye oh no is it everywhere no sure stay and sort that out we can have dinner another time amazing whether it's cancelled plans need to get in the kitchen and calm down or the need for a quick convenient distraction introducing goodfellas mini pizzas four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes goodfellas minis embrace the unexpected sports social podcast network <laughs>